Welcome to the Switch the Pitch podcast, the podcast for those of us with resting pitch face. My name is Darby. I'm the official reporter for the Houston Dynamo and also the podcast producer. This is the audio aspect of the overall Switch the Pitch media experience that includes online articles at switchthepitchsoccer.com and photo content on our website and Instagram. Switch the Pitch is a women-owned, staffed, and operated media outlet that aims to switch the pitch of soccer media to be more inclusive and accessible. Hey, y'all. I am really excited to share today's interview with you. It's definitely been on my list of things that I'd like to have on the podcast ever since we very first launched, and I'm excited that you get to hear this interview today. We have an interview from one of our official reporters interviewing someone very special. And as you know, those of us here at Switch the Pitch encourage you to seek out diversity in your soccer media wherever you can find it. And that doesn't just mean us, and that doesn't just mean that we see ourselves and our current demographic as the place where you need to go to find it either. So we're really excited to branch out just a little bit more and bring you a little bit of soccer talk from someone that may be outside of yet another paradigm of common soccer media. Hope you enjoy it. Hi there, this is Eve, uh, official reporter for the Montreal Impact, and I have the great honor today of sitting down and discussing with uh, a Switch the Pitch legend known as Gail, and that's what we call her. We also call her some other things, but we'll keep those not on the podcast. So, hi Gail, and thank you so much for uh, taking the time and the effort to uh, have a chat with Switch the Pitch, and if you don't mind, um, just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you came to following the Montreal Impact and, in general, the MLS. Sure. Um, so, as Eve has said, my name is Gail. Um, some of some of you might know me as Mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been a longtime follower of Switch the Pitch, and in its previous iteration, the uh, MLS uh, Female Perspective. Uh, I love the articles that the ladies write, and uh, I sometimes like to make my comments known. Um, I've been a longtime follower now of MLS in general, so um, this is my opportunity, I guess, to give my two cents worth. Uh, I began following MLS uh, some time ago. Um, I've been a longtime fan of the Montreal Impact in particular, and something that uh, uh, one word drew me to the Montreal Impact, and that's Didier Drogba. Not even a word, I guess it's a name. Um, long, long time fan of Didier Drogba and have followed his career for many, many years, uh, playing with Chelsea, uh, playing in the World Cup, and I think that's when he first um, really caught my attention. Uh, once he left Chelsea and, and went to play in other countries like China or Turkey, I, I kind of lost track a little bit. But I do recall vividly the evening that I was sitting at my kitchen table. And um, Eve, I'm not sure if you were there or not, but I know that uh, Colin, uh, my son, mentioned that uh, in a very offhand way that Didier Drogba was going to play for the Montreal Impact. And I almost fell off my chair. 
what an opportunity. I said, I am going to get to see my favorite soccer player in the world. So um, we actually started, you know, following MLS on television and certainly watching every impact game that we could. Uh, thankfully, I had my bilingual daughter there. So as we were watching on the, the French stations, uh, she could translate for me. We decided that we would, had to make a trip to to see the impact in person, and it was um, just an exhilarating experience. So from there, um, after watching them play, and of course playing their arch rival Toronto, we continued to follow the impact, um, subsequently joining supporter groups, fell in love with the impact as a team, and uh, just have become an ardent supporter of the impact. Um, I was a little sad when Didier Drogba did leave them because I, you know, somebody whose career I had followed for so long, uh, having the opportunity to see him in person was just thrilling. But I came to love the other members of the team, of the Montreal Impact team, and it's just, it's something that stayed with me and I've stayed with them. Right on. Thank you so much for uh, sharing all your backstory with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like you said, uh, of course, it was initially Didier Drogba yes. who drew you in specifically to the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also chose to stay after he yes. left and continue yes. to follow the teams. So what are some of the most, say, iconic moments um, that really kept you uh, attracted to not only the team, but to MLS as well. Okay, definitely the uh, rivalry with Toronto. Um, the TFC and Montreal Impact have a long history, um, probably not always pleasant, but oh my gosh, is, is, is it exciting? Um, I think uh, the, one of the more exciting games that I have watched in MLS was uh, uh, when Montreal had traveled to Toronto, I still have that game recorded on my television, and I, I think Eve would know the one I'm talking about. Uh, Montreal got a red card in the, the first half. It was um, Callum Malice who was carded off, and Montreal played shorthanded, of course, for the entire second half. Well, they won that game one to nothing, and it was, I still remember just sitting on the edge of my seat because I don't live in Montreal. I am a long distance supporter. So most of my viewing of of the games does take place from my sofa, unfortunately. And just being on the edge of my chair and watching that game and watching Montreal just pull it out of the pull it out of the hat. Holy cow. It was it was just a thriller. I'm sure that the neighbors could hear me um, as I was sitting in my house just just cheering the impact on. So the, the other players, um, you know, post Drogba, just just the character, the, the, the characters and their personalities, uh, I think, shine through in the way they play. Um, how can you not love a, a Laurent Simon? Uh, he was just so invested in the team. You've got Samuel Piet. Uh, Patrice Bernier is somebody certainly that um, drew me into Montreal. Uh, I think even the the coaching staff, Mauro Biello, he was just so invested in the team that uh, you couldn't help but become a part of it. Uh, After I had the privilege of traveling to 
Montreal to see some games. I've gotten to know uh, some of the supporters. They've been so kind and welcoming. And I'm sure that most MLS teams could probably say this about their own supporter groups, um, that they're very welcoming, very friendly. Um, they just love to see a fan come forward. I know with Montreal Impact, um, I, I think they have a, a, a singular identity, probably apart from other teams in that uh, they are from a French-speaking province here in Canada. Uh, they represent very much not only soccer, but, you know, the culture and the lives of the, uh, the Quebecois. So they've welcomed in me. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, an Eastern Canadian. I'm uh, an older woman, and but they've made me feel so welcome. They've never made me feel out of place. It's just, uh, I've just found it to be a very, very welcoming atmosphere. I'm glad to hear that. And I think, um, you know, I, of course, know personally many of the Montreal Impact supporters, and I know that they're always very excited when uh, they hear that you're coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, love, I love going there. There's nothing like the atmosphere inside the stadium. Yes, you know, you're very right about that. Um, so it's been about five years since you mm -hmm. started, you know, closely following the team because that would coincide with Drogba's arrival. A lot's changed in um, not only in Montreal, but in MLS in general since you started following uh, have you noticed any any sort of trends, any tendencies beyond just the team, but, um, you know, throughout the league since 2015? I think that the that the at that MLS as a whole, it's certainly becoming uh, much more mainstream. Um, I don't think that there's the, that small core group of, well, frankly, North Americans who are following it. I think more and more people are being drawn into um, the MLS world. Uh, the expansion is, holy cow, it's exploding. So, and you can see by the size of the stadiums that are being built to accommodate MLS teams. And, um, you know, th these teams are filling stadiums. It's, it's unbelievable. So even if it's taken some maybe bigger names when you had David Beckham in, in LA, um, you know, you've had uh, many Premier League players who are probably on the older side uh, come over and it, it's kind of stimulated an interest. But I find now that we are, um, I think, attracting younger players, um, attracting a much wider audience. And uh, even my own husband, who is a true blue Premier League fan, is now uh, regularly watching MLS. So I think it's it's just expanded and exploded. And it's a great thing to see. I think North American soccer is no longer derided. It's um, it's admired and and it's for younger players. It's it's actually something for them to aim for. Definitely, no, definitely some good points there, especially with uh, the development of academies within MLS as well. There's a lot of uh, hope for teams to produce young players who can use it as a a jumping off point to perhaps move on to more established and what are known as bigger leagues, right? For sure. Well, Alfonso Davies, here we have a prime example. Um, you know, this young guy, jeez, oh, I hope somebody makes a movie about his life because, um, you know, and I know that he's not the only player who probably had very, very humble beginnings. But anyway, um, 
any of you probably remember, we did have the pleasure of seeing him before he became Alfonso Davies of Bayern Munich. Um, we had the pleasure of seeing him play in, in Vancouver. And even back then, he was, you know, he was being noticed. And, and here he is. So he's a, uh, a young, and I will call him Canadian kid, who now is playing in, you know, one of the hugest teams you know, on the globe, in the globe. So uh, definitely, definitely it's, it's, uh, I think it's a league that's gaining a lot more respect. Thank you so much. So um, obviously this year has been a very different year for the league with the pandemic and unfortunately that bringing a screeching halt to the, really the start of the season, if we're being honest. Uh, which has now, of course, resumed with the MLS's back tournament. And we've just finished the first round. Uh, Gail will be thrilled that the impact, of course, have moved on to the knockout stage against uh, Orlando City SC. Absolutely. Ale, um, ale. <laughs> so um, what have been your thoughts on how the MLS's back tournament has has gone? Not just uh, necessarily for the team that you follow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just the general structure, the bubble, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I I have a couple of thoughts about that. I was, um, you know, certainly given the current state of affairs in the world, um, when they initially talked about the uh, MLS and um, bringing it in in a tournament, all the players in one area, frankly, I was alarmed. Um, I just thought this really probably isn't the right time for this. It's uh, it's dangerous. Um, it was I thought it was frightening, and I, I think really it had to have been for the players and their their families as well. Um, I was even more alarmed when they decided that Orlando was going to be the the bubble for the MLS's back tournament. Um, it's no secret. It's uh, out there that that uh, Florida and is having a, a a real issue with the spread of the the COVID-19 virus. I, I just I found that absolutely alarming. Um, however, I think as the tournament has gone on and has proceeded, it's um, the players I have. I, I'm not on social media, so I do get some of my knowledge secondhand, but I do follow various uh, websites and I subscribe to, you know, all the MLS's back news, the players seem to be very happy with where they are and how they're being treated and the precautions that are being taken. So I think that's probably a relief for for them, for their families. It's certainly a relief for the fans. Uh, As much as I wanted to see soccer back, not at the risk to anybody's health. Definitely not. The second thing that probably concerned me about Florida as a location was the heat and humidity, like, holy cow. Um, July and August in the middle of Florida, that's that's daunting. Um, as Canadians, uh, we often love to, uh, or as a Canadian, you know, we like to travel south for the warmer weather, but we wouldn't do it in the summertime. And I think the conditions under which they are playing with the heat and humidity is... Uh, uh, it's kind of concerning, actually. I had uh, said to my husband if um, uh, if I thought about it and I had a contact for a coach, Thierry Henry, um, I would have suggested that the uh, um, the impact team spend uh, quite a considerable time in a, in a sauna 
as a <laughs> before they travel to Florida. Holy cow. You know, that's uh, uh, a Montreal summer can be warm, but it, it's certainly no competition for the middle of Florida. However, they seem to be coping. And I think the primary thing is that everybody is safe health wise. So that's how I feel about that. And, and as for the tournament itself, I'm pleasantly surprised to see some of the underdogs coming through. I love an underdog, love it. And just love to see some of the teams who are not expected to um, uh, pull through the group stage have come through, you know, uh, couple of examples being Cincinnati and uh, um, Vancouver, you know, um, love, love, love to see them get a win. And of course, our impact. I thought that maybe impact could have performed a little better than they did in the group stage, uh, certainly in game number one. But uh, anyway, holy cow, they pulled it out of the hat. So good on them. Yes, indeed. No, it it certainly hasn't lacked um, any events at this tournament, be it on the pitch, in the bubble, um, what have you. And I'm going to drop a little bit of a news bomb on you, I think. Um, As far as I know, you haven't mentioned it to me, so I'm pretty sure you haven't quite heard. Um, MLS is planning a return to play in August, which means uh, teams returning to their home markets. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is per The Athletic. Um, they've broken this story like they've broken so many other stories this season. So credit to them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, the plan actually tentatively, of course, this is all very tentative because the uh, COVID-19 situation is ever changing, especially in the, the different markets in which these teams play, mm-hmm. is that um Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver would essentially start off with um, a mini six-game series where they would each just play each other so that they could remain within Canada and not have to um, deal with the headaches of cross-border travel in the pandemic era. Um, So I'm not sure if you were aware of that prior to our conversation or if I'm throwing some breaking news at you. That's breaking news to me. Uh, You know, obviously there have been rumors and it's been talked about about what will happen post MLS's back tournament. But nope, I did not know that. So will they be, uh, yeah, playing in their their hometowns as such? That is the tentative plan. Um, And of course, it does vary based on the public health guidelines of each given um, each given team's market. So as it stands, though, there doesn't appear to be a plan for crowds to return to the stadiums, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, That goes, I believe, without saying. Um, But nonetheless, um, there are actually a few markets in lower leagues in the U.S., just as an aside, who have had uh, a reduced capacity fan attendance for some games. Okay. Well, even if we can't get to Stad Saputo, once the uh, the provincial border, which is similar to a state border, once that opens up here, um, I will be making my way to Montreal, even if I have to go to a bar with my my buddies, my my uh, Montreal Impact buddies, and and catch a game because there's nothing like watching a game with other fans. Definitely agree. And it's definitely it's been, I think, an adjustment for everybody, you know, whether it's supporters or the media or um, or families or whatnot to have to adjust because we are all essentially following our teams from afar. Uh, Yeah. So it's definitely made for quite an interesting year. 
Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as a long distance supporter, I follow my team from afar almost every game. So it's um, I really look forward to when I, I can travel to a stadium, to their home stadium to see them, because it's just such a wonderful feeling to be in a stadium with thousands of like minded individuals. I love it. Definitely. No, there is nothing that will replace it. And hopefully, of course, uh, the situation will continue to remain under under control and uh, Mm -hmm. we will sooner rather than later be able to return to our beloved stadiums, wherever, (laughs) wherever you're listening to this from. I wish that for you, of course. You've had plenty to say. I'm sure you have so much more to say. Well, I love to talk impact. I love to talk MLS and I like to talk soccer in general. So, um, yeah, I, I always have a, you know, I always have a lot to say about the, those those three things in particular. And and uh, certainly my love for impact is is unparalleled. <laughs> I just so enjoy it. Well, we'll be honest. You typically have a lot to say about just about anything. From experience. That that is brutally honest, young lady. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, we're going to be separated for a little while, so I won't have to reap the consequences of my comments. (laughs) Yes. So um, I guess we'll end this off. I will wish you good luck in the match tonight. Uh, Oh, thank you. I I certainly, I will be on the sofa. Um, I have a bottle of wine is ready. Don't know if I'm allowed to say that. That's not swearing, though, is it? It's You're allowed of... to talk about your wine. Don't worry. Oh, okay. My wine is ready. My wine is ready. My jersey is ready. My scarf is ready. So I am ready to go. Um, obviously, um, my husband's already been warned. It may get loud. Um, Orlando is certainly uh, It's a team that I love to see the impact play. Orlando, as we know, is a very physical team. So I'm ready for the impact to uh, just give it to them. Well, I certainly, uh, for your sake and for the sake of all Montreal Impact supporters, I certainly hope you get your wish tonight. Um, So thank you so much for taking the time. As As I'm sure you're well aware, as I've shared with you in the past, you have a legendary status among Switch the Pitch and all of our contributors. So on behalf of all of the ladies, who write for, who pod for, and who uh, work with Switch the Pitch in general. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and uh, learning how to use Skype uh, to oh, take some time and chat with us today. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You might catch me on Twitter next week. I'm just like going whole hog with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's well, thanks. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for indulging me. And, uh, you know, thanks for the invitation. I. You know, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my fellow Impact supporters, 1642, the tailgate section, the ultras. Um, I'm with you in spirit. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And uh, you take care. And certainly we hope to see you sooner rather than later, at least here in Montreal. And uh, hope as well to get you on a pod someday with all the contributors. I would love that. Stay safe, mes amis. Alrighty. Hey there, everyone. It's Sarah Kalassi here, editor-in-chief of Switch the Pitch. 
I'm here to give you a quick roundup of all the incredible content we've published this week over on switchthepitchsoccer.com. What a week. The NWSL Challenge Cup wraps up today with a final between the Chicago Red Stars and Houston Dash. Abigail Gherkin has you covered for all the action. Make sure to check out Abigail's amazing NWSL coverage and her upcoming recap for the final. The MLS's back tournament just finished the group stage with more than one great upset. We've seen teams like Atlanta United and the New York Red Bulls handily eliminated from the group stage by teams like FC Cincinnati that have previously finished at the bottom of the table. MLS might be drunk, but it sure is entertaining. As Bridget, our associate editor and Minnesota United reporter said, 2020 is weird and MLS is going to MLS. Get caught up on who's in and who's been sent packing with great articles by Jess, Araceli, Ashley, Darby, Eve, Mandy, Bridget, Sheba, and me, of course. I just want to give a big shout out to our amazing writers and editorial staff. In just under three weeks, we've published about 50 new articles written and edited by women, exclusively covering the MLS's back tournament and the NWSL Challenge Cup. We'd also like to thank our readers and followers for supporting a women-owned, run, and staffed media outlet. You're an important part in us switching the pitch of how the sports media landscape operates. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at switchthepitch1, and stay tuned to our website at switchthepitchsoccer.com for all the latest on the MLS's back tournament knockout round. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Switch the Pitch podcast, the podcast for those of us with resting pitch face. We look forward to hearing from all of you. Send us an email at contact at switchthepitchsoccer.com. Send us an email. You can shout out to us at Twitter with the hashtag RPFMailbag. Or you can check us out on social media and interact with us that way. You can find us at switchthepitchsoccer.com. On Twitter and Instagram at SwitchThePitch1. And on Facebook at fb.me slash switchthepitchsoccer. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Merci. Bye.